Hi, this is Jason Stein, and welcome to another episode of the Wellness Renegades podcast. Here we explore the crossroads of wellness entrepreneurs like you and me, who are committed to making money while helping others live healthier lives. People are going up against big pharma, insurance conglomerates, and the mainstream medical models. Each episode, we journey into challenges and breakthrough it takes to own your own business, pay the path through conventional medicine, and truly become a wellness renegade. Today, I'm here with Miss Diane Allen. Welcome, Diane. Hi, Jason. I'm glad to be here. Let's go ahead and tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are, because I know you to be someone that's worked with Grammy winners, someone who's been a best-selling author, someone who understands what it is to be talented and gifted, uh, but someone who understands addiction, the list goes on and on. So I, I in one sentence, tell the listeners who you are. Uh, one sentence. Um, I am a gifted intuitive that helps people break out of the trance of living a life lower than they should bring out their light, no matter what way it is, whether it's be free from addiction or make friends with being gifted or all of those different things you just mentioned about me. It's because my core belief is that everybody has the right to health, wellness, and happiness. And the only thing in our way is believing lies and our own belief systems that hold us back. So my mission is to help people break through all of that so that we're not living a lie anymore. So interesting. There's so many lies these days, both in our own head and in geopolitics everywhere. So what I'm really, I'm going to roll up my sleeves with you today because I'm really interested in the conversation of talented and gifted and for children, we know what that means. They go into tag programs, they're in advanced classes, they are in college credit. But as an adult, there's this word I, I'm learning about 2E. What, what the hell is that? What does that even mean, 2E? Well, 2E is the, the short term that we use in the gifted world. It means twice exceptional, which means the person is gifted which means a high IQ with overexcited abilities and all of the gifted piece. And there is another variance as well, like executive functioning issues or maybe ADHD or their learning strategy is different or they're very, very sensitive or they're very intuitive in it or an empath. And so this person not only has the challenges of being gifted and which has its own challenges, but it all, they also have another overlying situation happening. So they need even more support and more guidance and assistance from people who are a little further down the road because sometimes it can get very tricky. So like I'm 2E, I have more than one thing going on. Most of the people I work with do, whether they call it that or not. That label comes mostly through the educators and the gifted people. So the medical model people don't use that. They don't, most of them don't even know what it is. Um, and so it's, it's those of us who are really engaged with helping people live their vision and Two we can get overlooked and misdiagnosed all the time. Well, I'm really curious about this because I, I'm wondering like a grown adult who is uh, either successful or striving for success, uh, how many of them are willing to say, well, I'm twice exceptional? <laughs> um, probably none, um, unless they have been educated on what that really means. Mm -hmm. And I, most of the people that I work with, Jason, they wouldn't call themselves gifted until I kind of helped them see that it, it's an asset 
that they maybe have been labeling as a liability. Or they had the misconception that calling themselves gifted or twice exceptional was an elitist kind of comment. And really, that's not the case. So they have to kind of make friends with themselves first. Most adults wouldn't use that language unless they're taught what it really means and can see that, yes, you know, it's an exceptionality, but it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. So what happens to these people? Like I think about if we're using this QE terminology of the kids in high school, there was one uh, kid I know that got a perfect score on his SAT. Clearly he had other challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're thinking about like educationally, uh, children get a tremendous amount of support when they are high functioning and they are talented and gifted. What happens to the adult that is uh, highly talented and gifted? What happens to them? They can get lost in the system. They can get judged and missed and um, feel really alone. And sometimes they struggle with addiction and feeling totally isolated. Um, some people try to hide their gifts because you know they want to be normal and fit in. Um, I tried it. I made it about five minutes. I can't. That, that's not my skill set at all. Um, and, and so we feel kind of like outliers. Like nobody really gets us. And. And in, in some respects, only about 2% of the population actually will because it's, it's a small, very small percentage of the population. And so they can get missed. They can get fired from jobs mm. because they're, they're very intense and very focused often. Um, I'm working with somebody now who's a business coach for a big medical facility, and, and they were trying to fire the director of nursing because she was intense and focused. I'm like, well, let me see. You're running a hospital in the middle of covid you're totally gifted and talented and you're dialed into solution and the people above you want to talk about lunch, what's on TV, to a twice exceptional person that's ridiculous because mm-hmm. you're saving lives. And so the concrete brain has trouble flipping back and forth in that transition. And so I try to help advocate for people like, you know, if you have a really gifted, talented person around and they get intense, be happy about it because that means they're solving problems nobody else can see. And, and let's just talk about this parallel between being gifted and, and addiction. Uh, is the addiction, I, I'm assuming that it's to numb out that I'm not normal, I'm different, I don't fit in, or, or what, where does the addiction come in? It sometimes is that, but it also very frequently starts because that glass of wine or that cocktail will ease the abundant input. You know, like the brain's tired. There's so much going on. Um, One of my new clients just said, I feel a thousand things at once. And now what do I do? And so that takes so much energy. And so when you learn that, oh, that glass of wine or that drink will numb it or slow it down even you get that ah relief, but what you don't know is you're playing with fire and mm. you keep doing that relief and then pretty soon it can turn into a big problem rather than using a healthier coping skill. So it, sometimes it's, you can feel everything and nothing at the same time. And so I would think that, that with the proper support that these talented and gifted individuals become great leaders in the world, is that true? I believe it's true. I believe that's that's where the solution to the bigger problems are are within the gifted, twice exceptional people who can see it. They suffer often from existential depression, which medicine will not help. So when somebody says, "I've tried all this medicine and it didn't work, or it only helped a little bit," 
I start looking in, in the existential arena and then I start noticing that they can see solution that nobody around them can see. And so if you see a solution to a big problem and nobody around you gets you or can see it, that creates a sort of depression, but it's not solved with medicine. It's solved with making friends with that and then bridging yourself into the paradigm so that you can make the solution happen. Let's bring this down to the, like the street level of like existential depression. I'm, I don't think I'm too I don't quite know what that means. Uh, what does that mean, existential depression? It means that it's not chemical. That would be endogenous depression. It's not exogenous depression, which means situational, behavioral, or a change or transition. Existential means that it's above the cognitive. It's in the more in the spiritual realm. And most of the time, what you will hear somebody say is, I'm really depressed because I can see the solution and nobody can hear me. They speak it maybe in a boardroom to their partner, to their family. Like, I can see what to do here. I can see the problem for um, the pollution or I can see global warming. I can see what to do. And everyone around them poo-poos it or yeah. denies it or yeah. pretends like they're not even talking or something. Yeah. And then they get depressed because nobody, nobody gets it, even though they can see it as clear as day. And here's the interesting thing, Jason. Typically, they're right. Yeah. Well, the I, world I takes think about two or three years to catch up with them, you know? Einstein, I think about Edison. I think about all the people that in the beginning, the masses thought they were crazy and that they had no value. And it wasn't uh, until later that uh, their genius was truly appreciated and seen. And so what, what words of wisdom do you have for, for that person that's saying, I see the solution and everybody's like, you should be locked up. I, the word, first word of wisdom is, is if you see the solution, document it, write it down put a, do a video, draw it out, do whatever, and then seek people who will hear you. And you're going to find them in the gifted twice exceptional community because we all get it. And even if I can't understand what your solution means, I get that it is the solution. And so you will, when, the moment you feel heard and understood, that's the game changer. Mm. And so I'm not invited to these conferences. And so <laughs> what, what's one of the organizations that, that, people could know about? Well, every state has their own gifted consortium or gifted group, but the international one is called SING. It stands for Supporting Emotional Needs of Gifted. Oh, that's has the great. Largest, has the largest online library of resources, has monthly online meetings, and a conference once a year where I speak in that conference. And it's, it's really fun because you get to be affirmed. You know, you have gifted children. So when you act like you're not gifted, I'm going to call you out on it because it's not true. <laughs> well, I, I, they, they get that from their mother, maybe. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wasn't in tag, but I think I have a gift in emotional intelligence for sure. Uh, but normal IQ in the same community, do people talk IQs at all or no? They, they talk do. IQ. They talk overexcitabilities and intensities. Mm -hmm. They talk, they're just now talking about addiction. It's funny. I used to want to talk about it and 
the powers that be years ago would always say, well, we don't have addiction problems in gifted people. So I opened a gifted substance abuse recovery center that filled up right away. So I let them see that that's not the case. So now they're letting us talk about it. So, and they talk about education things. They talk about coping skills, everything you can think of. Now I told you we were going to roll up our sleeves and, and I'm really curious uh, right now, if you're listening to this later in, in time and space, uh, there's huge things going on with the U.S. and politics and the breach of the Congress and Donald Trump is on his way out and a new president elect uh, Joe Biden's coming in. And and uh, is Donald Trump 2E? Um, probably the dark side of a lot of it. OK. It and can then go awry. It can see giftedness can go awry. They did a test of all of the gang member gang member leaders in jail. They're yeah. all gifted. Okay, that makes sense to me. I would think that the gifted people become leaders and they become leaders of the Mexican cartel. They become leaders of uh, democracy. They become leaders of technology. They become leaders of everything. So then if we talk about this, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the shadow side. Um, so when we look at Donald Trump, in my experience, uh, he is able to create a narrative and have people follow the narrative, even if it's a false narrative. And Correct. I'm wondering in the two E world, um, are, are narcissists QE often or sociopaths or serial well, those killers? Are two, those are two totally separate things. They, they okay. don't correlate yeah. at all. They don't correlate at all, but they can intertwine and they can be in the same person, but there's no correlation. Okay. And so talk a little bit about why you think Donald Trump is gifted. Well, because when I've watched him before he became president, he um, he is very skilled at learning a system and finding all the holes in it mm -hmm. and mastering that. He's skilled at meeting somebody and finding their weak spot that they may not even know they do and exploiting it all over the place. Mm. And he is a master at creating plausible truth which means I can tell you something that's not true and tell it to you enough in enough different ways where you begin to say, well, maybe it's possible. That's why half most of the people in the world are going, well, I don't know what to believe because it can come off so real. Mm -hmm. um, it's also when um, the, the screaming and yelling fits are very common in 2E people who are overwhelmed and overstimulated and don't take care of themselves and don't give themselves downtime. Too much, too quick will make any of us lose it. So there's that too. And he's also calculating a lot of it. So he's got more than one issue going on. His, the problems as I see them are more um, mental health related and more um, undisclosed motive related that leaks out and yes, I am, I'm sure he's gifted because uh, somebody not gifted could not manipulate and do all the things he's been doing over the years, long before he became president. And long why, before. I'm just really curious why you think 
the people around him aren't trying to help him more if he does have some mental health challenges? Is it just because of power? Uh, I would say first and foremost, denial. And secondly, fear. And the fear of what? Reprisal, being harmed, um, not being heard. And because, um, you know, when somebody points something out, he fires them or, or goes after them in some manner. And so if somebody is afraid for their livelihood or afraid for their life or has a high fear level that he instills in them to control them, mm-hmm. and if they were already had that propensity, then they're stuck because what's one of the parts of high fear is freeze. Yes. Can't make a decision, can't do anything any different. Plus there's the denial and plus there is cognitive reordering of what's going on. So I can think my way around in a massage situation and say, well, it's not that bad. Well, if I tell myself it's not that bad enough, I believe it, even if it's not true. And now I'm stuck, it. I'm in the trance. I get it. So it's actually creating a different reality and then living whatever your reality is. My, my question, this is really a, an interesting thought. Like there's a lot of talented and gifted leaders, but then there's people just on the street level, right? And so if I were to have a friend that acted like Donald Trump, but I saw their greatness as well, what could I do as a friend? Point out their greatness. Mm. You know, like I just, um, in my Someone Gets Me community, I just did a post for everybody reminding them that they're perfect, whole, and complete. Exactly as they are, they lack nothing. And so when it's your friend and they're having a hard time, you listen to them, you understand that that hard craziness is an overwhelm response. And then when it all decompresses, when they're all done, uh, losing it, then you say, you know, what I see, the truth I see about you is you're kind, you're compassionate, whatever it is you see. And you start speaking, the truth that I see about you is the truth that I see about you. And you keep saying it so that they can hear it because they can't unhear you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you help point out to go down that road, like go down the road of the light and educate. I educate a lot on, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that you're having a hard time with all this overwhelm and all this anger is because anger comes from pain and the pain, the definition of pain is disconnection. So if you're disconnected in there, it's going to feel kind of weird. So here's things that we do to get connected. There's all kinds of things we can say as friends to teach and ease somebody into seeing that, yeah, they might be struggling, but that doesn't mean it's hopeless. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I guess I'm a bit of a skeptic that I would think that someone that is 2E and they're moving into the shadow side and, and if I try to share what I see, my perspective, my truth, um, that they may feel like their cup's already full, like they know it all and they understand it all and they can't really receive anything because they uh, have their own truth. Well, that's why I said, first of all, you let them totally decompress. You don't try to say what you think when they're hype, when they're mm. um, overly stimulated because it won't get in. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, when you keep it very simple, this is what I see. There's no argument there. If mm. you keep going and say, well, I feel this way or blah, 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 and all that pontificating people do, that, that doesn't help. You know, like when I've had meltdowns before, I have a really good friend in my life, and she always says, I see the truth of your being. 
Now there's times where I wanted to punch her when she said that. <laughs> um, but the truth is she sees the truth of my being. And so, yeah, I might be looking crazy right now and I might be losing my mind because I'm overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, when I finally calm down, because I will calm down. Oh, okay. There's, there's a higher truth in here. There's something in here. And that's why like all my clients I work with can call me anytime they want to, because the meltdowns usually don't happen nine to five Monday through Friday. Yeah. So if they're having a tough day, um, or they just need to be brought back down to earth a little bit, then I have a real good skill set of helping do that. So everybody needs other people in their corner, at least four or five people that can get it, that aren't going to be afraid of the meltdown looking because with high gifts comes all kinds of ups and all kinds of downs. <laughs> I really appreciate what you're saying because when I work with people, I notice that the people that reach out more do better. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, prompt them to reach out. It's the ones that on their own that they use the laser call or they email or text me outside of sessions. They mm -hmm. actually do a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because so, you got to have support. And so for those, uh, I'm curious, this is a learning uh, question for me. Uh, for those that you know could benefit from more of that, do you just remind them or do you prompt them? How do you bring it up? Sometimes I remind them and sometimes I use my um, impish kind of humor. And if, if I intuitively go, you know, I haven't heard from so-and-so, or, you know, they're probably going through something or whatever it is, I'll just call them and say, hey, what are you doing? Uh, they're good. So you're not going to let then, them hide out. And then they go, huh, what? <laughs> I go, no, seriously, what are you doing? I was just thinking about, you know, what are you doing? Uh, you know, or whatever, or ask them what kind of shoes they're wearing or some question that's a little bit off, but they know it's me, so they'll... They'll humor me, and then, uh, then they can have the opening to say something if they want to or not or whatever. But I know that it takes two to engage in that, and sometimes when somebody's overwhelmed, the ability to reach out at a certain point goes away So because it, the person's in freeze, right, or in danger. So that's why I do a lot of SSP with people and really help get the nervous system to work in their favor. Okay, let's bring it street level. What's SSP? SSP is Safe and Sound Protocol. It's a precognitive music intervention that re-regulates the entire nervous system. So herbs and vitamins you take get received in your body better. Your emotions are more aligned, calm. You're, if you get stressed, you come back down quicker. Um, all of your organs are affected because the vagus nerve is what it works on. So most 2E people, I, I, in my world, most people in this day and age could use some nervous system regulation. So I work both with their nervous system and with their belief system. And then, you know, how do you manage all of it? Yeah. It's such a weird conversation because as you're, as you're speaking, I could see how in some ways a listener might be like, she is just out there. What is she even talking about? And other people are like, you know, there, it's been proven with science that we are vibrations. There's a vibrational measurement that you can have on the body. So of course, sound waves are going to help heal the body. And our thought process somehow with the internet has gone awry. And so where is it that we can bring people back as renegades? That being a renegade doesn't mean that we're speaking like ethereal crystal star like no common sense, but really bringing it into the practical. So let me give you an example. I've been watching the vaccine conversation online 
lots of people like run out and get your vaccine, right? Lots of people like there's way too many side effects. Don't get your vaccine. And it becomes this like thing. But if you're pro-vaccine, you're doing it because you want to save lives. I think that's the argument, right? I guess. But, but most of those people aren't pro-starvation where they're spending as much or equal amount of time to helping feed the hungry, which also saves lives. So my mind just like, I think people have become stuck in their lens of like, this makes sense and I can't, I can't come to your side because I've already made up my mind. And so what do we do with that? Oh, that's a, I love this question. Um, the first thing I do, and I got in a conversation about a similar thing last night, and I said I made a comment, and then the person jumped on the other side and started kind of getting all heated. So when they were all done being all heated, I said, well, I have a different view than you, and one is there are no sides. And the moment that you go into that dualistic pick a side, yeah. you just cheapened all of life. So let's get out of the side. I didn't mention anything about that other side because it's not even what I was talking about. Right. And so I um, don't live in the duality of pick a side. I choose to live in the reality of good stewardship. And if I'm to be a good steward of my mind, my emotions, my body, my connections, all of it, then my question, the higher question is, how, I, how I, am I being a good steward? For some people, getting the vaccine might be being a good steward for them in their world and in their, their life, whatever that looks like. And for others, the, it might be the opposite or some variance in the middle. And we're all different. See, people think that everyone sees things the way we see and all the brains think the same. The truth is no one sees anything exactly the same as anyone else. We have neurodiversity, our neurons are different, and we have different autobiographies and different sensitivities. It's impossible for two people to feel and see and experience anything exactly the same. Not possible. So we have to get out of these goofy, <laughs> crazy ideas and say, well, go within and be a good steward of your own being, whatever that looks like. I mean, look how long into the pandemic, Jason, it took for them to say vitamins like zinc and vitamin D would help you. They're still not saying it. They're still, well, I don't know why there's not like, you know, the wash your hands ads. I don't know why there isn't ads like take zinc and vitamin D. Well, I've seen some ads about taking zinc and vitamin D here. Um, and you're in and, Florida. You're in Florida. Yeah, I'm in Florida. Not much, not much, a little bit. Finally, it's only been in a few weeks. And those of us who are the renegades are like, well, if we're going to be a good steward of earth, of our bodies, of, of all of this, then stewardship means taking the highest and best care of, not just average. It means like doing the very best we possibly can. So we make our own decisions and we get as much information as we can. So sometimes as a renegade, I find myself quietly educating, speaking mm -hmm. my truth quietly and clearly. Mm -hmm. And when I got jumped on last night and I have been jumped on by very many people, mm -hmm. um, they just could jump to the other side and assume I'm for the other side. I said, who said that? I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of assumptions being made. For and so when I challenge that, they back out and go, yeah, you're right. I said, well, I invite you to listen a little bit more clearly to those people that you're engaging with because mm -hmm. you were wrong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No. Well, <laughs> does it change their long-term behavior? I don't know. I don't, you know, but I want to stay in integrity. Well, one other thing I wanted to talk about integrity um, and, and this two-week conversation is really money. Like we, the economy just did this very weird thing, partly because of politics. Like many places had to lock down. Um, you're one of uh, the people that I know that had an incredibly good 2020 financially. And so when we're all over the map and a lot of wellness renegades are like, I want to be a renegade, but I have to make a living. What do you say to them? Yes. That that's they're correct. Good. Yeah, they're correct. And um, any other words of wisdom there? <laughs> correct. I am. Um, well, again, I I'm, I'm a renegade in the sense that I start everything spiritually. Mm-hmm. So when I have financial things happen and I have financial things happen, it is true that my 2020 was a banner year. But it was also true because I said yes to opportunities that were outside of what I typically do. I'm good at it. And I'm probably the best at what I was doing that I know of. And it was outside of my typical work. So I am aware that it was a potential anomaly, but that doesn't mean there won't be another anomaly coming, right? Like we have to be aware that it's not normal flow, whatever that means. So I always say, I have a little affirmation I say, and that is God is the source of all my supply. Abundance comes to me in all ways. So you can replace that with anything you want to, but I see God is the greater order of the universe. And so I say that all the time. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. I have no idea. But what I do do is I say yes to the opportunity, even when it's outside of what I think it should be. Like if somebody calls me and says, well, I want to work with you, but I don't want any of those programs. Will you do something else? If it's something that I can do, my answer will be yes. And um, I just accepted a new client that is asking for something outside of what's my typical program, whatever that looks like. And I said, yes, because we aligned spiritually and mentally and she's too wee and didn't, doesn't know it yet. So um, we have to be flexible. We have to be willing to step into really who we are. And what I see a lot of, of um, providers in this space giving way too much power to fear and way too much power to lack and limitation and excuses that they tell yeah. themselves and I, I freed myself of that trance some time ago and it still pops in once in a while, but I have enough people that shake me silly when it shows back up <laughs> like, no, that's not it. But we have to be willing to, to step into it and say, if this is who I am and this is what I bring to the table, there's more to you than just the one thing you think you do. Yeah. You know, I like it. I, I'm really wondering uh, how we can invite more people into uncomfortability and uncomfortability doesn't have to be bad. Like, you know, my family and I, we moved from the big city to the small town. We made major moves this past year and there was some fear, but the rewards were a thousandfold the fear. And so I just, I'm excited of what you're saying, but you're just, what I hear in what you're saying is that you're a yes. People want your help. They want support that you find a way to say yes in ways that work for you. Mm-hmm. And that we have to, with money, we have to start pivoting. That the old economy uh, is probably changing. And we have to start to think of uh, how do we shift and transform our businesses 
as renegades in a way that works in 2021. Correct. And 2021 and moving forward. And one of the things I remind myself and I remind everybody I work with is that love, the vibration of love and the vibration of money are on the same level. So how you love yourself and others shows how you treat your money. Mm. If you're fear-based around money, then you're most likely are fear-based around relationships and the whole idea of love. So there's a lot of internal work to do to elevate above, you know, consciousness-wise, to elevate above that fear-based stuff. And then what happens when you do that, when you free yourself of the trance, opportunities start showing up. And they're never what you think. I always tell everybody, Jason, whatever you think it's going to be, that's not it. <laughs> so don't, I don't care how smart you are and how genius of a brilliant visionary you are. You can lay it all out for me today, and I will guarantee you in 90 days, if you keep saying yes, it's not that. It's something more amazing. But you have to have a starting point that <laughs> turns you on, right? So it's never what you think. And so I think as renegades, we, you know, we're good at like saying, okay, we're outside the paradigm of the culture, the big pharma people and all that noise. Well, we got to get us outside of our own boxes and realize that the self-imposed box is more damaging mm. because there's way more going on mm -hmm. and we have way more to bring to the table. And so why do we silo ourselves into I'm an acupuncturist or I'm a chiropractor or I only do herbs or whatever it all is, right? What if we just said, yes, I know that I bring amazing, powerful healing energy to the world and then let the universal wisdom show us how to bring it to the table. And it always shows up amazing. It's just never what you think. So when you try to make it be a thing, <laughs> that's playing cheap. I playing love small. it. And I've seen you do this. I've seen you lean all the way in into the unknown. I've watched you do that. And so my question for the listener who is start, like they're just at, at square one, what's the way to start trusting source or the universe even more? What's one simple way people could do that? Say yes. Say I, yes. Say yes. And, and I had the, my very first thing I started doing was saying, I get to do blah, 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 instead of I have to do blah, blah, blah. Okay. I choose I choose words that have empowering energy behind them. Like when you just mentioned about teaching people going to the uncomfortable, I don't use the word uncomfortable because it has energy culturally that mm -hmm. slow people down. So I say, use the words interesting, curious, wow, like, let me check this out. Now my energy is more receptive. It lands on me better, whatever the opportunities are, right? So I started changing my language set, which then changed my ability to receive. Yeah, so it makes you more alive to be curious and mm -hmm. interested rather than being uncomfortable. Exactly. And it, it might feel uncomfortable, but if I use the word uncomfortable, because of the energy of the word in the culture and the language, we shut down. But if I say, wow, this is like really kind of amazing. Huh. Check it out. Now I'm diving in deeper. And I might be uncomfortable or not, but that's not what I'm focused on. So it doesn't have the power that it would if I go, oh, my God, this is hard. It is amazing how much words impact. Like people say that nonverbal communication is really, really important. And I agree with that. But words do have triggers and powers in a way that nonverbal communication doesn't touch. Like you well, can yeah, have a, yeah, go ahead. Words are co-creative. 
Yeah. Words have energy behind them and culturally words have energy behind them. So there's a lot to it. So I want to leave people with some hope because we're in some very interesting times to get curious about these interesting times. See, I'm taking your information right away and applying it. And uh, one of the things you have is a podcast, right? Like your podcast is called Someone Gets Me? Yes. Where can people find it? At Someone Gets Me on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, every place that you can listen to a podcast is under Someone Gets Me. It's on Podbean. They can go to myvisionsapplied.com website and there's a feed there with the podcast on it. Or they can go to my YouTube channel and watch the videos on Diane A. Allen. I've been on your podcast. I've listened to your podcast and you end the podcast by asking people what they would have on their billboard. Is that what you right. ask? If there is a billboard that the whole world was going to see. Yes. What would you put on your billboard? And what is your answer? Yes. <laughs> it just says yes. <laughs> it would say yes. And it would be in italic and a really cool font with exclamation point and a little heart after it. Oh, I love it. That's what it would say. I think my vibration would raise if I was driving down the freeway and I saw something. I would probably turn around to see what's the dot com? Where's the hashtag? And if it just said yes, exclamation point, it would make me smile. So, Miss Diane Allen, I appreciate having you here today. Well, thank you, Jason, for having me here. It was it was fun to um, respond and listen to your questions, not having any idea where we were going in the beginning. It was great. <laughs> well, until next time, everyone take a moment to find the renegade in yourself. Bye for now.